This week's episode of Greetings from Storybrook is brought to you by Dog Boy, Danger on Liberty Pier by Bill Meeks, a new superhero adventure. Sometimes the murder isn't the mystery. Find out more at dogboyadventures.com. from Storybrook. I'm Bill Meeks, and Amory isn't here again. Apologies. Uh, but this is another little special episode we're putting out in the lead-up to Once Coming Back next week. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. I'm super excited. I am wickedly excited for Once to Come Back on Sunday. Uh, but basically, this is an interview that me and Amory did a couple months back for a website called uh, Lythris. We got an email from Emma over there at uh, lythris.com. It's a uh, let me get the correct spelling here for you. We'll have a link in the show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com too. But it's Lytheris, L-Y-T-H-E-R-U-S.com. And it was a really uh, a long, far-reaching interview where we went over you know, our, th- our thoughts on once, how we came up with the podcast, what it's been like uh, you know, interacting with you guys over the past year and a half or however long we've been doing this. And it's a, a, hopefully it'll be enjoyable and a little uh, – little something to uh, get you excited for uh, Sunday. Uh, speaking of Sunday, we'll be actually be back on Saturday night. Uh, late Saturday night, we'll post our Wonderland recap for uh, Greetings from Wonderland uh, as a separate feed, or just it'll come out over on the uh, regular Greetings from Storybrook feed, too. Yeah, I should probably plan what I'm going to say when I record these, right? I, and uh, one thing I want to mention before we get into the episode is that my novel, Dog Boy Danger on Liberty Pier, is available, and we have a couple of uh, promo codes for you guys. Now, I, I gave the promo code for uh, free books yesterday, and they're already all gone. I'll be opening up a couple more free copies on Sunday, or rather Monday when we record the episode. But if you use the coupon code GREETINGSFROMSTORYBROOK2 at bit.ly slash oncedogboy, uh, you can get 99 cents off the book. Uh, basic premise of the book, Dogboy is uh, Colta City's 13-year-old superhero, and when he sees a murder on Liberty Pier, he has to launch a hunt to find the killer. Uh, but it turns out, in this case, the murder isn't the biggest mystery. It's a lot of fun superhero adventure, uh, young adult novel. And uh, if you want to check it out, uh, like I said, go to bit.ly slash oncedogboy and use the promo code greetings from uh, greetings to rather. Uh, the promo code is greetings to. Um, yeah, and if you want to check out uh, that book or uh, Den of Thieves, and we have some other ones coming out uh, shortly, you can check those out at dogboyadventures.com. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the main content of the episode, and I'll pop back in at the end to say hi. All right. Well, first question then. I want to dive into this. Uh, is okay. pretty much what made you choose a podcast to express your fandom? That's the, not a route many people take. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we we had uh, initially been looking into doing a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, we were going to call it the Companions. It was going to be because we really we were looking for a good podcast to do together. Yeah. And uh, We've we're been trying actually for a couple of years to find mm-hmm. a podcast to do. Yeah, and uh, we were going to do the Doctor Who one, and then a good friend of mine, uh, Justin Robert Young, decided to uh, start one. You know, with his girlfriend. Yeah, we hadn't said anything. Yeah, no, it's called uh, Who's the Boss? Who's it's on the, boss, the but Frog it Pants was... Network. But you know, we didn't want to step on his toes. And then I was getting into Once Upon a Time, and I told Anne Marie, you know, you should definitely check it out. And I laughed at him. <laughs> and uh, she kept putting For it off. about six months. Yeah. And then I marathoned it all in a week. <laughs> and, I was uh, addicted. 
then after that, you know, I I think that was right at the end of season one, right? When yeah, got there was like up. three episodes left. Yeah, and uh, so then uh, you know we finished it out together, and then over the course of the summer, we just decided, hey, why don't we why don't we start a podcast? So we sat down. If you go back and listen to the zero episode, I actually used a little field recorder I used for some of my video work. And uh, we just sat down at the kitchen table, and uh, that was basically how it ran for, I don't know, the first month or so? At least. Yeah, and then we eventually, I like, I had all the professional audio equipment. It was just easier for us just to sit down, hit record, and go. Right. Uh, but once we kind of found our voice with it and kind of had a good structure for how to organize Answer. our thoughts for the episode and everything, uh, we, we moved over to the professional equipment. But yeah, like I said, you know, the podcasting thing was really just a matter of us wanting to do a podcast and happen, happening to fall in love with Once Upon a Time right. at the same time. Well, we both were kind of involved with podcasters. Like, mm-hmm. he's very close with a lot of people on Twit and Frog Pants. Twit and, and Frog Pants, etc. And uh, <laughs> oh. I was addicted, was, am, addicted to a podcast called Manic Mommies, where I was like, yes, I should be doing this. <laughs> and I couldn't find anybody to do that with me, so I just mm-hmm. did this. Well, that sort of kind of segues nicely into the next question, which was, how did you become a oncer and what drew you to the show? So you obviously did not start day one with episode one. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I had heard the um, kind of the basic premise uh, of Once Upon a Time, like right before it was about to start air- airing. And it really reminded me of a comic book series called Fables by Bill Willingham. And I had known that ABC had been working uh, with uh, DC Comics and Bill to try and come up with a fable series. And it had kind of got stalled and it, it never worked out. And then the next season they had this Once Upon a Time show, which had a very similar par- premise. You know, fairy tale characters transported to live in a small uh, insular community in the modern world. And uh, so I was kind of, I, I didn't want to watch the show because I was like, oh, they're just ripping off fables. And uh, then I saw an interview on with Bill Willingham, the, the creator of Fables, on Comic Book Resources, where he said that the creators of the show had actually approached him because they knew the concepts were so similar mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get his blessing on it. And this was, you know, probably four or five episodes into the first season. So he, he was uh, – he had been told who Graham was, and <gasps> he said that uh-huh. was super-duper interesting and they, that that was uh, basically – you, you know, a reason to watch it, if nothing else, which I, 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 I almost wonder if maybe they didn't change plans, they had you, to have. you know, halfway through, because, you know, the woodsman is interesting, but not really, really interesting. Yeah, he had to have been. Something. Like a, a lot of people were thinking a lot of people mm-hmm. over the course of the show. A lot of people were thinking he was going to be the big bad wolf. And I know they the creators have also talked that they were going to put Sherlock in. Or they well, were they wanted to. thinking about putting Sherlock in. I think they said maybe Graham was going to be. Maybe, maybe that's what yeah, it was. I, I, I almost want to say I remember hearing that. I feel like that mm-hmm. story has come up before, yes. Yeah, but basically, uh, yeah, I got the creator's permission to enjoy Once Upon a Time. So I checked out a couple episodes and fell in love with Rumpelstiltskin. And <laughs> uh, y- yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and I think we already basically covered yours. Yeah, that was me. But mm-hmm. he kind of sold me um, with Jenny Goodwin. Because I loved Big Love. Mm-hmm. Like, I got really addicted to that because I marathon shows. <laughs> um, so I, like, watch entire series really quick. Um, Seems to be the trend these days. It is the trend, too, thanks to the Netflix and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That was, that was that at least got me to watch it. And then when mm-hmm. she was Snow White, that made it even better. Is there any particular episode at which she said, okay, this this is it, I'm done for. I'm a huge fan. It was, as probably, to- ep- it was probably episode one. Let's just be honest. I get sucked in really quick. <laughs> yeah, and for, for me, probably episode one, too. Really, uh, what really hooked me into the series was Rumple himself. Like, Rumple. well, it was like, like the first episode, Rumple slash Mr. Gold kind of like, bugged me but in a good way and i was sticking with it and then by the time i got to like the i think like the third episode he just completely won me over and he was for a a big part of season one he was why i watched the series and i mean that's become less so as he's become well well more of a good guy and he's also become a lot more sympathetic and they the more interesting characters are the ones that have 
issues, and he, uh, he they're oh, slowly. Oh, he's got issues. Would he you like to he, he has issues. <laughs> There's plenty of issues. But uh, you know, they're they're very slowly shaving them away yeah. for him, and uh, who knows? Maybe or this healing. Sunday, maybe this Sunday, uh, <laughs> he'll be completely resolved. <laughs> uh, I've heard that rumor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting because I remember the first few episodes. Uh, the the person who actually hooked me was the evil queen. And I completely lost interest in her when she started getting redeemed in the second season. <laughs> it was boring. It was. It's she's still I really struggle with her. Like, I want to love to hate her. But right now I'm just a little meh. Well, with the second season, too, they were they were trying to do a redemption arc. But it kind of seemed like, uh, it it, it, they, yeah, they, they just wouldn't commit to it. It was like one episode she would be on the path to redemption. The next one she'd be back to her old ways. And it went back and forth like that three or but four times. But when she went back to her, back, her old ways, they weren't good. Mm-hmm. They weren't like the quality evil queen. I like a Yeah, it queen. almost weakened her that quite a bit with that arc. She seemed a little wishy-washy. And, uh, it wasn't really until the season finale that I felt like, okay, we might be yeah. making mm-hmm. some progress again with this character. Yeah, and that's even happened a bit this season, like actually this past Sunday's this episode, week, yeah. be, because, you know, uh, just just the distrust she had of Emma after everything they went through in Neverland, it was like, come on, Abe. We little... just got off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be a little consistent. Yeah, she she might still have some little jealousy there, but you guys just teamed up and, you know, put aside your differences towards a common goal. You had a big victory. Right. Trust her a little bit, you know? Yeah, I, I actually uh, quit watching for a little bit at the beginning of, of this new season because um, that first episode had all the old animosity back out. And I said, I thought we fixed this. I thought we were past this. <laughs> I don't want to watch another season of this. And then I was told like, two episodes later that they pretty much resolved it and moved forward again. And I, I started tuning back in. But... And now we've gone backwards again. Yeah. <laughs> Goes back and forth and back and forth. But I mean, that's how any real relationship's going to go. You can't completely wipe everything away. And in the Mm -hmm. grand scheme of things, has it even been a year? This is true. We're we're two and a half seasons in, and Henry the character or the actor has (laughs) aged like three years. Henry the character has aged about a year. So I think that's interesting because I actually have it headcanoned that it's been at least two years. Well, that's what I did, too, until it was pointed out to me because I said something on the podcast and people really (laughs) like to correct us. Like, we get like seven seven emails anytime something we say is wrong or they Mm -hmm. think is wrong. Which we welcome. Of course. I like to be called out because half the time we're like, okay, we don't remember this. So if you could send us a link. Help us sound less stupid. Yes. That's actually what we should probably start the podcast with. Right. Hi, greetings from Storywreck. Help us sound less stupid. <laughs> but you were saying about Henry? Oh, it's just, like, I think just seeing the physical aspects has made me feel like it's gone longer. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't, which is a problem. Yeah. See, actually, I, in one of the theories I've, I've been talking about on the podcast, I kind of think at this point with the body swap and everything, that they might be planning on having Robbie Kay plan, play Henry going forward. That's kind of my my little pet theory right now, or the actor who plays Peter Pan right now. Uh, you know that they might have him playing Henry going forward because he's like seventeen, eighteen, something yeah, like his that. His looks aren't going to change that drastically. Yeah, for you know, realistically, the Five years. lifetime of the show might be another two seasons, maybe three. Don't be a negative man. No, that's not five or six seasons is really really good. <laughs> So, I like things with nine seasons. You never want it to end. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that that would be an interesting way to go because after having seen them doing it for a while, I don't think Jared Gilmore channels Pan really well. I think he channels evil really well, but not necessarily Pan. But I do think Robbie Kay is actually doing a good job channeling Henry. Yeah. Yeah, like actually, I th- I thought Henry Henry as Pan, well, not exactly like Pan, uh, w- was a lot better than his general performances. I don't know if that's because you know it's villain, so it's meteor, or if you know maybe he worked with Robbie K a bit to kind of oh, I'm sure they did get a little bit of that impression going on. And you know, a lot of times, you know, a younger actor working really closely with a more experienced or better a better actor can just have like a magnitude of, uh, you know, help w- w- in improvement and everything. Well, I'm actually going to grab that again and try and pull it back to 
some of the scripted questions. Sure. You <laughs> guys fine. have talked about having backgrounds in theater mm-hmm. and yes. how that affects how you watch the show. Um, how much do you think it ultimately affects how you watch anything? Is that background knowledge Constant. a major thing? Constantly. I can't put it out of my head. It was mm-hmm. six years and a college degree. So it's always there. Mm -hmm. I can hear my professors like in my head criticizing (laughs) them because, well, theater professors are very flamboyant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They all were. They all were. Their personalities. Their personalities are very large and their opinions are twice as large. Mm -hmm. So I just hear them criticizing when something's Mm -hmm. weird or gets skipped or like I could even hear them going, they dropped a line. <laughs> I could just hear it. Some things that just aren't believable would be like, commit! <laughs> and oddly, even almost con- con- conversely, I-, I think sometimes it helps us be a little bit more forgiving of yes. certain things, too. Yes. Because, you know, it- I mean, it's a matter of scale. We weren't exactly on ABC on Sunday nights no. or anything. But, you know, we've been there. So. Yeah. So, you know, if someone has has a, has a bad episode or something like that or, I don't know, a script uh, – and especially with me uh, doing some writing and stuff too, like, uh, you know, if, if a plot doesn't tie together as quickly, you can excuse a little bit because you can kind of – you can put yourself in the place of the person or the artist, right. you know, as they're doing it. And you're like, okay – well, you know, they probably still did their best. It right. just they were having an off day. They didn't have to work with, or they they needed to get on the in the case of a script or something, they needed to get the script in by 5. So it was just easier to do the shorthand lo- kind of crappy line right. <laughs> instead of uh right. trying to do something clever. Like but yeah. Yeah, I did. and plus the costuming, you know, it helps with the co- oh, you know, God analyzing the, the costuming. costuming. <laughs> oh. Oh, if we could live in fairy tale land, I would be the happiest person ever. I was mm-hmm. so excited to see Snow's like mm-hmm. I keep calling it a warrior outfit, but it's really not a warrior outfit. I don't know, a woods outfit. With with the Uggs? She didn't have Uggs. She has Uggs in a fur vest. This wasn't that one. This was the white leather. Oh, okay. Okay. The white leather with the studs. Oh, okay. They better. Although a few weeks ago, uh, I forget what episode it was, but wasn't it like it, they they just seemed very focused on Regina, Regina's cleavage for some reason? Like, all, no, you were focused on Regina's. No, cleavage. no, it was like there were three <laughs> different outfits, three different timelines, or something, and everyone oh, was, was like super low cut. Where it yeah. just kept getting lower and lower mm-hmm. and lower. It, like, and you were like, did someone lose a bet or, <laughs> or something? Yeah, it was. It was risque almost. <laughs> but anyway, yes, theater does affect <laughs> every aspect of us watching the show. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I'd actually kind of wondered is uh, occasionally, I think from a, a more casual viewer standpoint, it's easy for us to get caught up in the characters because the actors are so good that even when they have an off week with their, their character arc, their their acting is so impressive. Mm-hmm. Robert Carlyle, I think, is the best example of that. It yeah. doesn't really mm-hmm. matter how little sense his character arc is making. He's great to watch. Oh, yeah. He's a pro. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can see that the, the theater background really helping you pick up on the fact that he, he's struggling. He's got nothing, and he's just having to do it all himself. You yeah. can kind of tell, and this is going to sound bad, mm-hmm. but the more professional and experienced actors, even within the show, mm-hmm. just even facial expressions and verbal, you know, accents or whatever. Yeah. You can tell who's been around the block and mm-hmm. who's new. Yeah. Of any age. And, uh, you know, uh, wh- one thing I'd like to point out just before we get out of it, theater land is that uh, oh, it, it's actually uh, funny because me and Amory actually met doing a play <gasps> uh, about yes! a fairy tale about Hansel and Gretel. She was the Lydia, Lydia the Gypsy, the, beach. Lydia. the witch, and I was the I stage manager. So and I don't remember. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we were always destined to do a Once Upon a Time podcast. Well, didn't you play my husband in one, too? We oh, did, like, yeah. five different fairy mm-hmm. tale things because we did, like, touring children's shows. Yeah. So there was... Yeah, was it King Thrushbeard? Yes! Yeah, yeah. And then there was the fisherman and oh, oh, oh what, what was the one line I did that was just like really loud and bombastic and crazy? I don't remember. Beautiful lady, oh. something like that. All I can see is like, wasn't Ross throwing fish at me at some point? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, sorry. We do yeah, this. We do but this. We were walking down memory lane. <laughs> you had to I, pull us back when we get in the theater world. I did a stage crew in college, so I'm. I'm it's nice. fun to hear the stories. <laughs> yeah. And I still have moments when I'm watching once where I'm going, I hate glitter. <gasps> Oh, I remember the one time we tore up the stage at our college and like we we were layers of like three years prior we had done a or two years prior maybe we had done a rock uh Rocky Horror Show uh production and uh they people brought glitter every night and we we thought we had it all and then uh the stage came off up in pieces to where you could kind of clean out under it. And one day, uh, Mita, the technical director, had us lift all the pieces out, and we found, like, a ton of glitter. Like, two years later, we were still finding glitter in that place. God, I love glitter. (laughs) (laughs) It's great, but the aftermath of it isn't so great. Yeah, it's like New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. (laughs) New Year's Eve. It's kind of like New Year's Eve. Okay. Um... There are numerous ones podcasts out there. We've talked about a few of the things, but what do you feel makes your podcast most unique besides the rhyming opening? <laughs> That's all there is, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I kind of check out after we do those. <laughs> some days. No. Um, I think we're more casual mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. That's- like we're professional, but casual all at the same time. And I get the impression that people like that about us. Yeah, we, we <laughs> especially the past like month or so, we've yeah. been hearing that a lot. Is a, just because kind of like we're casual and laid back, and I guess a lot of the other podcasts have been getting like, I, I well, I mean, we're getting set up into camps with like the shipping and everything, but uh, yes. you know, we're not really serious about no. it. No, it's just very lighthearted, and no. I, I, I think Swan another fire Captain Swan, uh, hashtag, hashtag 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 Team Bill Meeks, hashtag um, Team No, but uh. I think another thing that makes our podcast kind of unique from all of the other podcasts out there is that we're we're kind of approaching it from two different directions, too. Like uh, me, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big comic book fan. I really like alternate universes and metafiction and mashing characters together in interesting ways and everything. And Anne-Marie is more – I like pretty things. Yeah, and you like soap opera. Kind <laughs> I of. don't well, – I actually do not like soap opera. Yeah, I, I, I like say pop soap culture. Opera. I like, you mm-hmm. know – Primetime TV. Yeah, you like primetime network TV dramas. Yes, and, and this like is that. like yeah. rolled up in a package sprinkled with glitter. So, you know, we both uh, come at it from completely different directions, which means, you know, we notice different, different things. things. And uh, it, it, it kind of uh, – a lot of times it takes us to very unique places that yes. uh, other people might not go when they're all coming at it from – I don't know, being a big fan of it's fairy technical. tale. Like, I, I, I think a lot of the Once Upon a Time podcasts are coming at it from either being fans of Lost that yes. the creators worked on previously or big Disney fans. Well, I mean, I'm a big Disney fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, who isn't a big Disney fan? Come on, right? Right. But, uh, I mean, Walt Disney is one of my personal heroes, like top true. three. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, it brings a certain viewpoint and a mm-hmm. lot of time a certain bias to it and yeah. a lot of times the hosts are in agreement on that bias right where which makes it a really extreme opinion of the podcast where we actually almost go out of our way to have excuse me opposite opinions on things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or we'll play devil's advocate even if we agree with them we're gonna be like no nope, you're wrong mm-hmm. or, or you know convince each other of our points right. you know things like that we like to argue <laughs> but in a friendly way of course well, you do it without a lot of the negativity that you get from a great deal of the once fandom where if something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, you kind of just shrug it off and mm-hmm. move the on. The shipping war is going to end ugly, though. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, some some of uh, our listeners have been even getting a little personal with the shipping war, <laughs> even though they know we're joking about it. I think they were even joking. It's just mm-hmm. you can only say so much on Twitter. Yeah, and it's, even rapid fire Twitter. And we still haven't come up with a universal uh, sarcasm like symbol pun- punctuation mark or something. Right. So it's a little hard to right. say that you way. Can't too. italicize something, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating. <laughs> I like italics. So you brought up the the shipper war that you guys have actually taken sides on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you briefly kind of explain where you come from? With each of those, Why, what makes you think that that's the right route to go? I will give the floor to Anne Marie first to defend her wrong opinion. I love 
love Balefire. I I love his scruffiness. I I don't know. He just makes he's warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I want to see him end with the mama. And I mean, I love Captain mm-hmm. Hook. The first episode, I could not wait for Captain Hook. One mm-hmm. of my main points, and this sticks out in my head, showing how I'm more the pop culture person, was Guy Liner. In like all caps. Like, I love <laughs> everything about Hook, but sorry, you actually belong with like Tinkerbell or something. <laughs> in my head. Yeah, I, You know, I like Bay too. For I sure. Oh, I for know. sure. I just think that you know, Bay had his chance, and I, I think no one deserves a second chance. But the the decisions he made in regards to Emma in August, and the, the way everything went down in Tallahassee, I don't know if he does. Oh. And and I mean, they were good together, but they weren't good for each other. They didn't make each other the best people they could be. They made each other bad people by being together. We're gonna agree to disagree on this. And I think they've both moved on. They've both become very good people in their own right, very strong people. Oh, but yeah. I just I just think that, uh, you know, Captain Hook being ready to move on from Mila now after he's given up his whole revenge thing, which is a really good. I know, am happy with that. I'm very yeah. happy with that. And, and I mean, you know, him and Emma definitely have, have some chemistry. Maybe Rapunzel will be his chemistry. <laughs> or Tank. Never, never she says tank. this never, week. Never Tank. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I I don't know. I just think they work well together, and I think I think a Bay and Emma, a, a return to a Bay and Emma relationship, is doomed to fail and doomed to be probably toxic for both of them. I think it is explored more at the very least. <laughs> but as we said, you know, we both enjoy the other character. Oh you yeah, know, I I'm Completely. a big fan of Bay. She's a big fan of Captain Hook. So, you know, we we have our teams, but we're. We'll be supportive in the end. Of we'll be other. happy for Emma, whatever she decides. Exactly. Sure. And I think one of my favorite parts is that the actors of Hook and Bay are like tight. Mm-hmm. Like you always see them. I think Comic-Con, one of, uh, what's his face? Uh, lost a bet and had to wear a silly hat during their panel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah. seen like tweeted Hilarious. pictures of them like on set, like walking around. Right. And stuff, they'll, holding they'll go, hands. They skipping. go out with Grumpy. <laughs> like they all go to the bar and watch sports. After, um, I I like that. I like mm-hmm. that the actors are close. I think it actually makes it a better. It brings more to your acting. Again, yeah. bringing the theater background, you can like you mm-hmm. can't peel it away like a shadow. Yeah, because you trust each other more. Yeah, and you can you can take those chances when mm-hmm. you trust somebody. More. Yeah. I'm actually kind of disappointed that we went straight into them actually doing the shipping war, and we didn't get to see more of them interacting nicely. As characters, <laughs> I still well, think that they, have, they have such a history that we still don't know. Yeah, I want backstory. I'm glad we're out of Neverland, but gosh darn it, I want backstory. <laughs> you think there's a timeline on the shipping wars that we'll see an answer by the end of next segment, or who knows? I have a feeling that we're going to get some indication in the season finale, but that they're going to play it out all next season because it's been really good for them yeah. like on, on the social medias and everything. Yeah. Like I, everyone is invested in the shipping war. And the thing Even is, you, we weren't shippers. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when we started the whole, uh, you know, ship war? argument, ship war on our podcast, it wasn't a thing yet. It was just I think there was like a glance or a line or something. Yes. Like in the first or second episode, I can't remember the exact moment, but uh, and, and we just thought, I think we just we just took sides by like na- nature. Yeah, and uh, then the next week it built up more and, and it more. built up more, and then it became the biggest thing in one span. Right, basically. that's because they didn't have any evil queen stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it was just kind of surprising how it kind of uh, all Exploded built up like after that. We'd already we hadn't intended it to, but I don't think it's it been was fun. Us. It's been a lot I don't of fun. I think it was us. <laughs> We're not that big. No, I mean we hadn't intended <laughs> to make it a big part of our podcast. Oh, yeah, it just yeah. became fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you mentioned the the Evil Queen. So taking a look at our villains, the villains have always been Rumpelstiltskin, Evil Queen, Peter Pan, kind of the characters everyone really loves in a right. Mm-hmm. Love to hate type way. What what about what's the recipe once it's got going? Do you think on the villains to make it because they they aren't all as sympathetic as some of them are. Yeah, like Pan, you've really not been able to find a Mm-mm. 
There's not a nice bone in his body. <laughs> well, I think that might almost be the formula is maybe to introduce a villain and have the, have them stick around for like half a season and you think they're just the evilest person you've ever seen. And then you kind of dive into the backstory. In the backstory you see and how you they see what made them way. and you can kind of if if you don't understand it or you know if you don't I, I don't know, promote it or endorse it, you at least uh, empathize with it. Yeah. You, you, you understand, like a, it, from the killing joke, uh, Batman the killing joke, the last uh, big line from the Joker, all that separates me from you, he's, uh, the Joker says to Batman, is one bad day. And, you know, basically what we get is we get to see, you know, that big bombastic, I don't know, Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight Joker thing <sighs> for the first half season. And then the second half of the season, we get to see that one bad day yeah. and get some context why the villains are how Became they are. Became a villain. Yeah. And sometimes redemption and then non-redemption and then redemption again. And then <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the things that I found interesting is they manage, even when, when you're kind of going, well, you're, you're still wrong. You kind of understood where they were coming from. Rumple with the curse to, to find Bay. Um, I honestly didn't really buy the vendetta against, Snow from the Evil Queen until Snow did the stunt with her mom. At that point, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that that was my top moment of season two just because of the, uh, oh, I, I don't even know how to say it without cursing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just the messed up nature of it. Like, yeah. it, like that That was, I, I mean, that might be one of my my big, like, just, like, powerful moments of the series. That might be my number one just because – it's one thing to you know hatch a plot to take down an evil uh, you know Cora the yeah. evil queen mother or whatever. Uh, it's another thing to trick her daughter into it's killing true. her, and actually and have I, Snow White do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it, uh, I, I just I, I kind of feel like we still should get she still has some karmatic return or something coming from that Maybe just she won't be able to I thought it. they dropped that plot line personally so we yeah. we started with the dark and heart but yeah. it seems to be gone mm-hmm. yeah it it definitely it definitely feels that way that but it was mentioned, or, or maybe it was a preview or something well, about uh, her darkened heart this season mm-hmm. well, I remember like a conversation between her and Emma where it it was basic- basically I've done some things too, you know, kind of implying yeah. that situation, but and I, really, the the thing with morality in the show is it's all completely relative because all of these characters are from kind of like a medieval European world. Right. So, I mean, their idea of morality is completely different than ours. Like, right. I, back then, you know, it, beheading someone wasn't an immoral act. That wouldn't necessarily get you thrown in jail. Right. <laughs> Where, Just depending on who you beheaded. Yeah, you know, you know, in our society, uh, a little boy kissing a little girl on the cheek can land him in hot water. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all relative too. It is interesting because um, I I struggle with the shipping wars because I get a little hung up on how old those guys are when you actually stop to think about it, um, and the fact that we really don't know how Neverland worked if it was like the curse where they basically repeated the same day or if they've literally lived three hundred years. Mm-hmm. But they're from the Enchanted Forest. That's not really something that is going to be raising red flags for someone like David or Snow, necessarily, as as this these relationships play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although although I think we all have to agree that Rumpel still seems a little too old for Belle. I, I <laughs> yes, <laughs> no matter how you the hate mail, <laughs> I yes. do agree with that. Yes. Well, I don't but, know what's going on with her. Like he was only gone a week, mm-hmm. and she needs to go shopping. I'm sorry. Yeah, you've been a little critical of her story. It was horrendous. This week, that oh, the, the beret. beret. No yeah. one should wear a beret. <laughs> She's well, a she put up a barrier spell, and she can't go anymore. She <laughs> didn't even feel she could do it until like seven people. Oh, dwarfs. Whoops. I'm just saying, she uh, can't go shopping. No. I'm sh- so uh, seven people, dwarfs, so three and a half people then. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half people headed to her. No, you can do it. We're talking fairy tale, tale dwarfs, not real life dwarfs. Right. Re- real life dwarfs are whole people. Of course. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. You can cut that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we are coming up on the last 
episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Here after uh, one more. So we've seen a few previews, but not much. Do you have any theories about where it's going to end, what they're going to try and do with the next season? At this point, I'm assuming people who are listening to this have watched the show. Current, <laughs> so. Yeah, if not, they've been completely spoiled. <laughs> if not, they shouldn't be listening to it. <laughs> Always keep current, people. Um, I think they're going back to Fairytale Land. I want them back in Fairytale Land. I know that there are pictures out there of people in Fairytale Land that no one will send me a link to. Hi, that's you. Can you send me a link to these pictures? <laughs> Um, I want to see them all there because they actually have all thrived there. So even the people who ran away or aren't or in a sense originally from there, mm-hmm. like when Emma went back, she did good in fairytale land. Yeah. When Bay got thrown back there, um, he snapped right back into like, he left when he was mm-hmm. 14. He should, like, it shouldn't all still be right there, but he was like, blood magic, I got this, do, 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 and, like, he fit right in. Maybe, you know, the Enchanted Forest, by its very nature, the good guys end up winning, you know, where our our world, it's a bit more, or a bit less clear cut. Yeah. And, yeah, I definitely think we're probably going to be seeing a lot of characters returning to Fairytale Land, too. Uh, with the curse, I know it's going to get altered in some way. Right. My best guess right now is that everyone's going to go back to fairy tale land and they're not going to remember their storybrooke lives. And then it's going to be a half season uh, of Emma being the only one who remembers everything, uh, trying by, to convince them. There will be a new book. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, 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 a storybrooke book. Uh, okay. See. Well, wouldn't it be Henry? Wouldn't it go back to Henry being the only because he's the only one who was born here? This is true, yeah. But see, Emma never had Emma never had another persona though either. You know, she never had it. So maybe they might create one for her, like they did for all the Storybrooke or Storybrooke characters. Oh, she'll get a fairy tale like personality. Yeah, like like she'll just remember (laughs) Snow and Charming having been in the castle, being her parents, being the king and queen or whatever for thirty years. She won't remember all the the bad stuff, and then Henry will make her remember, and she'll be like, "I wish you weren't my son anymore because (gasps) I didn't want to remember that." I'd love. See Jennifer Morrison trying to be a princess for an entire. That would be hilarious. Like, <laughs> well, they, they didn't one of the promo pics yes. for this half se- or this season have her in kind of a princess yeah, it dress. Yeah, it was a snow dr- It was snow's it dress. Was the ones they yanked. Mm-hmm. It was Snow's dress yeah, from the previous year. The, the ones they put up for like three seconds and then realized that all of Tumblr had them beat already <laughs> before yes. they even started. They were horrendous, horrendous. Anyway, sorry. They fixed it. Thankfully. Yeah, but that's that's the big. Th- theory um i don't know i guess it really it really all depends on depends. what happens with ha. pan uh-huh. yeah it all depends on what happens with pan uh you know because if he makes it through this sunday's episode then it could be Crazy. anything yeah but if he doesn't then it's probably just going to be dealing with the aftermath of what he did and whatever the new big bads are doing uh, which we we have got some casting. I forget the actress's name, but they said she's going to be playing a pretty major villain. Yeah. So, uh, but who that villain is, we have no idea. Yeah, I. Some people have been saying the Wicked Witch of the West. Which, if they do Oz, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I'm, I've all actually thought maybe it might be like a young Male- Maleficent or something. Maleficent's not that old though. Yeah, Maleficent wasn't that old, but I mean, she was older. She was like yeah. 40s. And maybe, I don't know, maybe some with her being transformed in the dragon, being stuck in Storybrooke, uh, being brought back and everything, maybe somehow it de-ages her. You know, anything okay. could happen. Any, anything could happen. Or it could just be flashbacks on Maleficent. But everyone's saying Wicked Witch of the West, and I don't want to be like everyone else, so I'm saying Young Maleficent. See, that's interesting. The only, only theory I've heard up until now has been Cruella Deville. I've I can see also... that, especially since Pongo's in Storybook. Oh, poor Pongo! <laughs> I think it was the fact that she's supposed to have her own theme song, and everyone just went straight to the Cruella Deville song. Oh, she has a theme oh, song? Oh, did they mention that? Yeah, she's supposed to... The, the, something about she's got her own theme song, and we, you can't read into it whether she has her own theme song in the show, or if she had her own theme song in whatever she... Was previous. Yeah, well, yeah. if it's what whatever she was in previously, that pretty much narrows it down to Cruella, Cruella Deville. Deville. Yeah. Cruella de Vil. Okay, see, this is... <laughs> we always sing on the podcast. And too. we really don't play it ever. 
Um, I've also heard that she might be a uh, mother Gothel. I think it is from Rapunzel, but I'm mm. not sure if that's just a tangled character or not. Well, I, you know, we've seen from the Wonderland show that they're uh, not afraid to bring Disney only villains in because they brought Jafar in. So we not talk Wonderland. We'll not talk one. Thank you. And unless she asks us about it, and then of Please course don't we'll ask have me to. about Wonderland. I, 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 I have not actually watched Wonderland. I have. That's I've been kind of waiting to. To have the whole picture and then dive into it, like you're saying, and kind of binge watch it. Yeah, um, yeah, you're good. Too many, <laughs> too many spinoffs that didn't quite hold water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we've been. I I mean, we've been doing a, a separate podcast episode for it. for it every week all season and we've just it's been kind of middling. Like, there's been some really great episodes. There's the one been with really the category. great moments. Yeah, there right. have not been complete good episodes. I think what I the only thing I've I've heard that I know I I want to watch for is Jafar. So hit or miss. Um, yeah, I, it, it. Yeah. When he's when he's wearing the the I I forget the name of the actual garment, but the gown thing. Yeah. He just stands weird, and it's he it's like he's trying to be intimidating, but it's not intimidating. It just kind of looks like he's just kind of I don't know. He's a I I, I all hunched over and everything. It's a little weird. Like when there was a couple episodes where he went to uh, Alice's homeworld, and uh, he was dressed in just like a business suit, and he was kind he was of awesome. In he a was suit. smarmy. He was intimidating. He was yes. great. Yes. But for some reason, just I don't. He I can't wear glitter. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's just the actor. I think maybe he just doesn't know how to work in uh, a dress. A dress, <laughs> a flowy then gown. Then he's not a good actor because every actor has to wear drag. Well, see, I was actually that just our school. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I actually uh, started rewatching Lost last night because I watched the first season and never got any farther back when it first aired. And the actor who plays Jafar in yeah. Wonderland, uh, yeah. he plays Saeed in Lost, and I was loving him in Lost. That's I, actually I, why it, I wanted to see it. Yeah. yeah, and I remembered liking him in the series too. And I think it's—I I don't know—I think it was just a mismatch. I think—I think it was just a situation where they—they they had an actor that they really liked, and they had a history with, and they worked for or worked with who was of Middle Eastern descent. And so when it came time to cast Jafar, why well, not go to? He also influenced that they even had Jafar. This is very true too. Although I will say that uh, other lost cast members, Jorge Garcia as Tiny. Ah, Jorge. <laughs> Perennial favorite around here. Yeah. Anytime he shows up, it's great. His, he hasn't been in this season. I think he had a brief moment in time. Did he? I don't remember. Yeah. But, well, they, they've barely been in Storybrooke yeah, this yeah. season. So. Right. Anyway, sorry. No, <laughs> I started watching the show because of Robert Carlyle and what he'd done in Stargate, and I still keep looking at him going, I came for you, and you are not anywhere close to what you were in Stargate. <laughs> but I'm yeah. still here. <laughs> He, he's entertaining enough that even if you're not enjoying what he's doing, you still have to watch it. You absolutely yeah. have to watch it. Yeah, I haven't. I, I I never saw him in Stargate. Like actually, once was my introduction to him. I need to go back and check out Stargate and uh, some of the. Uh, like, I, didn't he do a lot of like more indie movies back in the late '90s, early 2000s, something like that? I I, I th- think I remember seeing that on his IMDb. I need to go back and check those out too. The only other thing I've seen him in, actually, was the movie adaptation of Aragon. Oh, okay. okay. And that actually is more akin to gold mm-hmm. <laughs> than his, his Stargate run, all painted up and over Oh, I'd top. imagine, because that's, that's all, uh, that's like high fantasy, like dragons yeah. or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he so. was playing a shade or something, so, it, yeah. Um, nice. Sorry, I just would, kicked Amory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Abuse! Would... Is there a different spinoff you guys would like to see the the show maybe look at? Go ahead and wrap up Wonderland and. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, Oz. Oz. Oz would probably be the best because Oz was always one of my favorite book series growing up. Not just the Wizard of Oz, but the the whole, the whole series, series of book, the whole world. And there's such a like versus Neverland, where it's Peter, the pirates, the mermaids, the Indians. You're done. Uh, Oz is just expansive. Think 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 of the most like detailed rich world you can think of. Like, I, I don't know, like a Lord of the Rings or something where there's like history books written about, you know, a minor character in book three and that's Oz. And I mean, there, there were shorter books. It was on a smaller scale cause it was meant for children, but it's just like one of the most dense. I, I think if, if they did a spinoff on Oz, 
it could go longer than the main once series if they brought Oz into the main once series. They could they could ride Oz probably until the end of the series. There's so much material there. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, past Oz, I I mean I think I I would really like to see them explore. uh, Dr. Frankenstein's Black yeah. and White World a little bit more, which might actually tie into Oz with a couple yes. of name drops we got there. Like, actually, uh, one of the main things we talked about uh, last, there they mentioned a wizard. They mentioned, I think they mentioned slippers at some point. No, that was this season. Whoa, that was the, yeah, that was this slippers. season. It was a portal. Oh, oh yeah, it, there was like an off to see the wizard line. Yeah, in there the was Frankenstein episode. Yeah. Uh, the the. But uh, what you call it? You know, I'd like to see that world, and that could definitely transition in Dawes because you know Dorothy lived in a black and white world too. Right. So uh, maybe that could that could be the the B to get us from A to C. You know, is uh, Frankenstein's world. Yeah, because a lot that was a, a lot of early speculation was actually that Whale was Oz. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he still could be because, as we all know, uh, Once Upon a Time has a has a penchant for taking one character and turning them into seven. seven. <laughs> it was literally seven. <laughs> yeah. Tick tock. Tick. Yeah. Speaking of that, <laughs> grown and shifted a lot since the the very first episode. Were there favorite plots, character stories, general arcs you either really liked or some that you kind of wish they hadn't done? Uh, well, you know, just as far as overall impression of the episode, I, I, I think probably still stands in our mind as probably the biggest disappointment is probably the Tallahassee episode, the, the flashback episode yes. with Emma and Neil. I mean, given the context that we got later, finding out Neil was Balefire and everything, it makes it a little better. Right. But I think that's really the only episode we've, like... Hated just on. absolutely. I think we even called the episode haterade. We did. We? Yeah, we did. It, it, we. I. I. For some reason, it just did not jive with us at all. I think. I think a part of it too was we had been building up a lot of expectations yes. for it in our head, and it just. You mean sort of like when he opened the thing on his bike and it was a type <laughs> that I know you're Balefire. Yeah, the People most like on the. That. I know it and, was horrible, and that was like the most on the nose way you could reveal that. Like it could have been a drawing of the dagger, dagger I, the storybook. I, 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 street carnival character of Rumpelstiltskin. Anything else. Literally <laughs> anything, anything else. else. but a typewriter saying, I know you're Balefire, you, whatever. Yes. Or if it would have been on, like, the a postcard from mm-hmm. something. A fairy tale, even. Yeah. Because he's obviously aware. Or, it, like, if he opened it and it was, like, a copy of Grimm's Fairy Tales. Yes. That would have been great. That would have been... Like, that would have been subtle. <laughs> No, it wanted to smack you in the face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as positive stuff, I, I'd say probably uh, actually the the snow moment we discussed, where she tricked uh, Regina into killing her mom. I just just from like uh, wow kind yeah. of kind of moment. That's probably one of my most favorite moments from the series, and I've really liked Pan this season. Uh-huh. One because he's a really really dark, challenging threatening villain and two he's a really good adaptation of peter pan uh you know spiritually he is the peter pan from the book it's just we're we're viewing the story from the perspective of the adult characters and you know to an to an adult you know we're all grown adults here i i a boy acting that way would seem like a bad guy yeah but to a boy like henry he might seem like a really good guy right. because he, he's all about independence and, right. you know, mischief and getting saving one over magic. on the adults and saving magic, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's probably uh, my two standout things I, I'd, I'd like to mention. Mm. And uh, Emery, after she finishes yawning. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's late because uh, uh, Emma is on West Coast and we're on yep. East Coast. East Coast. So. <laughs> it's it's been a long day around here. Um <laughs> Let's see. I oh, I don't know. I I mean, I love when Belle turned into like Warrior Belle. Mm-hmm. That was really fun for me. Oh, that one episode. The one yeah. like she only really got that one episode, but it gave her so much meat mm-hmm. and something. She'd really only been been the only princess 
to not have that type of storyline. And I like that the princesses have those storylines, that they're not all floofy. Yeah. They don't yeah. all need to be floofy. Yeah, you know, one thing I'm I'm really looking for them to do sometime is to kind of have like a, I don't know, like a magnificent seven of the Disney princesses all getting together to kind of be a big group of like. Well, good, because that's going to bring back Aurora, and we really yeah. need Aurora and Mulan Yeah, back. Aurora, Mulan, Snow, Ariel, Belle, uh Cinderella. Cinderella. We need more Cinderella, too. We do. I we, we did in her since when? Wonderland. Yeah, actually, yeah. she she was she in was the in first. Wonderland. She was in the, the first episode. episode of Wonderland. There's actually theories, and, and we haven't seen tonight's mid-season finale yet. Yeah, we haven't seen the we last episode. Um, but there was theories that Cinderella is the Red Queen's sister. Really? How did we talked about it? Oh yeah, we did. We, we well, that this. was that was like when Cinderella showed up, though, wasn't it? No. Oh no, no, that was later because of the scene with uh, the, mom. the Red Queen's mom. Yeah. But I, so that I think would be mm-hmm. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Really like the Red Queen, by the way. Completely yeah. unrelated. <laughs> I'm not sure if I actually ever answered your question, but I tried. <laughs> well, and I was even thinking more. You know, the the big arcs like. Uh, Emma struggling to to deal with uh, the fact that everything around her suddenly turned into a magical world. And not only does she have parents, they're Snow White and Prince Charming, and they're the same age as she is. Well, yeah. yeah. She hasn't really even gotten a a breather to deal with all that stuff. Yeah, she really hasn't. Like like she whined about Mm -hmm. this week, she doesn't get a day off. And yeah, she needs to take off. It was basically she believed in magic. She broke the curse. The wraith sent her to the enchanted forest. She came back. Someone stole her son, and she went to Neverland. And we're after back. after traveling to New York with Rumpelstiltskin to go get Balefire, who turned out to be yeah, and and, and, and carjacking Cap, uh, the Jolly Roger to make it <laughs> story. That's true. And then boom, and then the the and events of this are. season, yeah. like she she. She's has she slept? <laughs> I always wonder that they don't sleep. Yeah, they don't sleep, especially this season because it's been like well, you know with Neverland. The, well, the the end. That's the thing with Neverland. It's the end of one episode uh, happens, and then moments later in story time, the next episode starts. Right. So it's like there there's never any real break. Right. There was like one scene where we saw people sleeping because <laughs> and she was happened. awake. And she was like, to pants. <laughs> yes. I thought you weren't watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, she just never sleeps. Yeah. So. That, that's her real superpower. It's not being able to tell when people lie, it's that she never has to sleep. Oh, I think they need to let the superpower die. I really do. Well, it's well, I don't think they're using it that well. It's always been super inconsistent anyway. I, I'm guessing it, it was probably just like a slight indication of her magic via clairvoyance or something mm-hmm. like that or. Something like that, but nothing major. And now that she's actually tapping into the real stuff, they're probably not going to come back to it. Yeah. That's, she that's actually actually something I've wondered. Has anyone really sat down and talked to Henry about the fact that now all three of his parents have, are basically magicians? I mean, <laughs> Neil, Neil's but, off doing the blood magic stuff. I was going to say, he only does blood magic. For now. For now, he probably has. Well, actually, he, he, he took to that so quickly. I, I, I almost wonder if he got up to some sort of magic mischief in Wonderland, you know? You mean or Neverland? Neverland. Never so land. many lands! Every Sorry. single land in that hat. Oh, the hat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of wonder if... Uh, Maybe he might have uh, picked up some magical... Because I know uh, when he was living with Rumpel, he was very resistant to anything magic. Right. But maybe, you know, when you're in Neverland, sometimes you have to make some compromises <laughs> to get by, right? Which Yeah, well, Henry did that arc, too. I mean, no magic, no magic, no magic, boom, magic, so... Yeah. And then you got, got, got uh, your body taken over by Pan. Stupid, stupid hen. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 I, I was trying to think of what a 12-year-old was like, and we did stupid things in the name of yes. heroism. Yes. And, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over 30, and I do stupid things all the time. That's kind of my sock and trade, stupid things. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not going to judge Henry. I'm just going to call him out on it. Yeah. 
So you guys uh, obviously do like Doctor Who. You consider doing a podcast, and you actually did one for the 50th. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other things that shows, books, stuff you would say you are big in the fandom that you think might actually kind of play in, like you were saying with the comics even, um, your enjoyment of once coming from, from an enjoyment of comics? Well, I we, we've talked about... Try, trying to bring some of that stuff in. And we've also talked a bit about what to do after once ends. I, I, I know that uh, we, we are considering maybe doing a uh, kind of like a rundown of either the fable series, the comic book series, or they just released a telltale who uh, won game of the year last year for their walking dead game. Uh, just released a fables game, uh, the first episode of a fables game. And, I, I know I, I, it's going to be really hard to get Amory to sit down to read a comic book. Yep. <laughs> but I thought it might be neat for us to sit down and play the game and then kind of, you know, do an episode on it, comparing it to the series and stuff like that. And I also know that next year on Fox, they're going to be doing a a procedural series, uh, kind of like a police procedural series oh, called yeah. Gordon about Commissioner Gordon from Batman, kind of like origins of all the villains. You know, you see Batman kind of in the background every once in a while. And since I hate procedurals, but I love Batman, and Anne Marie love loves procedurals, procedurals, but she's not a huge comic book fan. But we I thought, like Batman. We th- we're actually uh, kind of considering maybe doing that as our next podcast, and then that way, you know, consider assuming that series is successful, we'll be able to kind of you know transition over into that once once wraps up. Yeah, you know, like I said. Best case scenario, four to six seasons for one side. Imagine. I know they'll get a season next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. They've been performing pretty well for Sunday nights on ABC. Wonderland, um, not so much. Wait, the longer series, even if they manage to pull back out of it, about their sixth, seventh, they start going. Um, we're out oh, of yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I think it's probably a big part about hitting that syndication number too because once you hit that syndication number okay. you're in huge profits like if you if you hit the amount of episodes you need for syndication or a network does they they've made their money back on the series and and once it's so close now it would be silly of them not to do one more season just yeah. to hit that hundredth episode is that what it is yeah uh, so well they might have lowered it in recent years i almost want to say they did but I don't have any facts to support me. So I'm going to say 100 for now because I know that used to be right. So with uh, comic books, do you guys ever think you would get into something like the, the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or maybe even just the, the Marvel U? What, we considered that because Marie was, a, if nothing else, a big fan of like the Iron Man movies and stuff. I, well, the one that I saw. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but, I don't get to go out mm-hmm. often. But, you know, honestly, I watched the first couple episodes, and I just wasn't really that impressed. Like, I, I, I don't know if it was just, like, the low budget, or they were trying to bring in a broader audience to eventually go and see the Marvel movies or something like ding, that. Ding, 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 we have a winner. But it, it just wasn't very compelling to me. And obviously, you know, Agent Coulson is great, because he's great. That actor's yeah. great and everything. But I, I don't know. I just kind of dropped off after the first couple episodes. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for someone on you know social media on Twitter or something that I really really trust to say, "Oh my God, did you see that latest episode of Agents of Shield?" And then I'll go watch that. And if I really like it, I'll catch up on the whole series. But I, as of, as of now, no plans for Agents of Shield for sure. But yeah, yeah, Gordon is is a very yeah. strong possibility. I, I I'd say. As long as it goes to series, uh, yeah, we'll probably be doing, doing a it. podcast on it. So nice. And in addition, also, to pod- also that's an exclusive. We've never even mentioned that on the podcast before. Okay. That we're thinking about that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, that that would be an interesting one because you're right. It it it's probably as close to what Marvel was trying to do with Agents of Shield in that it's not the super well, Batman's not super powered, but mm-hmm. it's the everyday guy on the street. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, from what I've what I've heard, uh, yeah, Paul Dini, uh, the guy, one of the co-creators of Batman the Animated Series, who transitioned over into writing comics and stuff like that, uh, he was on Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith a couple weeks ago, and he said that they're kind of trying to base it off a series from back in the early 2000s called Gotham Central, which was just basically it, w- it was a comic book about the Gotham City Police Department, 
And that, I mean, it was a great series. It was an award-winning series, and it was a procedural, and I liked it. So, uh, you know, many things in the positive column, you know, if if even, you know, when they're writing the show Bible, they kind of reference that series. I I, I think that bodes well for it, for sure. Uh, In addition to maybe podcasting about a comic book television, you wrote a comic book style book here recently, too. Yes, I actually did read. But um, I'm. Really got to, it all kind of ties together, I guess, now that you said you like comic books, because I, I read it and I, I saw a lot of the things I liked from once in it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the comic books make sense, too. But uh, I, I really got to say the magic tricks was what kind of really won, won it over for me. It was so different uh-huh. to actually have them doing real magic tricks. Is that something you do? Is that something you're a hobby? Or did you, how did you pick that element. Uh, well, yeah. First, first, I'll say the book's called Dog Boy Den of Thieves. You know, pick it up, dogboyadventures.com. Plug. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, the magic trick things, I'm, I'm glad you like that. Uh, you know, I don't actually do it myself because I'm a, I'm a very clumsy man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm also a really bad liar. <laughs> so uh, it would be really hard for me to convincingly do magic. But my father actually was a magician. I, he, he passed away before I was born. But much like uh, Bronson, the character in the book, my father left me a kind of a little satchel, a little suitcase filled with a bunch of magic tricks. And uh, th- that was something I had a lot of fun with growing up. And I, I've also, you know, since then in my adult life, I, I've also uh, kind of befriended a couple of uh, magicians, uh, a guy named Brian Brushwood, who does a lot of bizarre magic, fire eating, sticking nails through his eyelids, stuff like that. And Andrew Maine, who's more of a kind of a cerebral magician. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've kind of got like a really good insight into the magic world from then, which I think informed a lot of the magic stuff in Dog Boy as well. And actually, uh, uh, the, the first scene where Dog Boy uh, or Bronson goes into the magic shop is actually kind of a recounting of a real experience I had when I lived in Philadelphia. I walked into a magic shop actually uh, doing research for an earlier version of the story, and I was just talking to him. I told him my dad was a magician, and he he said that he he said you're probably crazy then, and uh, it was kind of insulting, <laughs> but also kind of. <laughs> So true. Yeah, very funny, kind of insult, insulting, kind of uh, insightful in a way too. Especially since I've learned more about the magic community in recent years. But I, I ended up being a really cool way to kind of introduce the character into Dog Boy's universe. Yeah, and I, I did see a lot of the, the comic book in there too. I think my favorite moment was when he he tried to make his first dramatic exit, and she she could still see him hiding under the car. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was just too uh yeah that's really how that ought to go <laughs> yeah it, it, there there's a lot of uh it, it, it's it's almost kind of meta commentary like that there, there's that and there there's the one bit where he's practicing his voice and he does the batman voice and then he realizes that it would really hurt your voice to talk like yeah. this over an extended period of time but uh yeah i'm actually working on a uh a new novella uh based in the same universe uh called dog boy danger on liberty pier and there's a lot of that meta kind of stuff in there too <laughs> so uh you know you'll de- definitely uh when that comes out i'll send you a free copy uh oh. and uh, you can check it out and uh it, like i said there's a lot more of it in there so all right is there anything else you would like to share about the podcast about once um, not too much. I mean, we're going to be going on a hiatus here sh- shortly, a little bit, because you know the main one series is. But we're go- going to try to do uh, a couple of uh, episodes with guests discussing the the half first half season in full, and uh, we're going to do some. Uh, we're going to try and do some episode commentaries too, right. which we did one for the pilot, uh, which went pretty well last year. But then we just never. Had to I was do just about to say. Our uh, faithful listeners who've been listening since the beginning will know that we've made this promise many, many times. Yeah, and we hope to one day fulfill it, hopefully over this break. Yes, but, this break, I'm feeling dedicated. But, I, I mean, besides that, really, uh, yeah, just check out the podcast, greetingsfromstorybrook.com or on iTunes. Uh, and if you like us, follow us on Twitter. Twitter's been getting a little less active than 
it normally is lately. So yeah, follow us, follow it over on Twitter at GF Storybrook. We tweet out every episode, all sorts of fun image macros of once Facebook. characters. And if you write us, we definitely one of us will reply. More than yeah. That was a fun interview, wasn't it? Actually, I don't really know because it's been a couple months ago, so I don't remember too much about it. I remember having a really good time, though, and that we uh, you know, talked a lot about this show. Sorry if some of the theories might have been a little dated, but I, th- I believe this was uh, right after the uh, finale. I could be wrong, though. Like I said, I didn't re-listen to it. But, uh, you know, a lot of good times, and uh, you-, you got a little bit more background on the show. I thought this would be a good one to put out right before Once comes back, so Sunday night when people are looking for Once podcast, they can kind of get an idea of what our show's like. Uh, but I guess until then, uh, I, I'll, I'll be saying adieu. Uh, we would like your reactions both on Wonderland and Once this week. Uh, you know, as soon as you finish the episode, just run over to your computer and you can email us at greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. Uh, the Facebook is facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. You can tweet us on Twitter at gfstorybrook. And uh, you can always leave a voicemail, which I don't have the number in front of me. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. 424-274-2352. Again, that number is 424-274-2352. And as I said, I'm Bill Meeks. You can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. And uh, my, web- my main website is MeeksMixMedia.com. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you in a storybook. I know that's not the way we sign this off. We say greetings from Storybrooke. <laughs>